But the most fundamental thing that physicians miss in today's world is they have built into them the power to make this own decision themselves and not have 10 businesses. Just choose one business. Incorporate yourself. And if you incorporate yourself, all of a sudden you've unlocked this channel of tax strategies that are available to small businesses. And that's just you individually. That's not running a private practice. And this is the mistake that doctors think. They think if I form a corporation, I'm going into private practice. No, a professional microcorporation is like an invisible shield, like a, a glove that covers you. And wherever you go individually, that's where your corporation is. Are you looking for opportunities to invest in passive real estate syndications? Join our exclusive community at FastFire Capital, where we're dedicated to bringing doctors and other high-income earners priority access to the best opportunities to invest in large multifamily and other types of commercial properties. Not only that, by being part of the community, you'll get exclusive access to webinars and Q&As, where you'll be able to raise your passive investing IQ. To join our community, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash syndication. Again, that address is semiretiredmd.com forward slash syndication. When you daydream about your future, I'll bet it doesn't include you still working into your 60s and 70s. But unless you're actively taking steps to break the cycle of trading time for money, that's the future most of us face. Ignite Your Journey will lay out a roadmap to show you how to finally break that cycle and achieve true financial freedom. And it will show you how to do it in just three to five years, rather than the 20 or so it takes for traditional investments or saving in your retirement accounts. For more information, go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash IYJ. Welcome to the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast, a place where we talk about the strategies, habits, and mindset that separate wealthy docs from those who are not. We're your hosts, Leiti and Kenji. Welcome to another episode of the Doctors Building Wealth Podcast. Today, we are fortunate to have Todd Stilson joining us. He is uh, the CEO of Doctor Incorporated and Simply MD, and we're very fortunate to have him here. Welcome, Todd. Hey, it's great to be with you both today, and I'm excited to be on your podcast. Well, Todd, we're so excited to have you here because you have such a cool entrepreneurial journey that I think can really yeah. inspire and show people what's possible, not just with doctor entrepreneurship, but also in real estate. So maybe we can we start out by having you tell everyone a little bit about you. Yeah, I am a family doctor in the Midwest. Um, I grew up in Indiana and I practice in the same little county that I grew up in. Um, I've been told by um, recruiters that I'm a unicorn because I do everything. I deliver babies, I do C-sections, I do nursing home, I do inpatient, outpatient, kind of a little bit of the throwback doctor Um Consequently, I'm very busy, but I enjoy practicing medicine, love helping people. And so um, I've been doing this now for almost 30 years, but I am set to retire from that primary work in the next year. And I'm excited to do that as well, because I'm going to be focusing on the Doctor Incorporated and Simply MD work. Yeah, you're very much a cowboy like my my dad was also a family doc a cowboy uh, okay. working abroad. And I just I love that because that really takes a, a level of discomfort, I think, being able to handle all those variety of things in the beginning. Obviously, yeah. over time you get very 
you know, a sure of yourself once you've done enough of it, but that's very, very cool. So can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, I, I love being able to do that. So can you tell us about how you became an entrepreneur on top of all that you were already doing? Yeah, so um, it really began for me about um, 15 years ago uh, when I was working happily um, as a W-2 employee in a traditional hospital situation. Um, and make a long story short, the hospital came and as they do with budget cuts and said, you know what, we need to cut your salary along with all the other doctors in the group uh, because, you know, it's hard times, you know, the very common conversation we have now, right? But this was uh, more than 10 years ago. Um, I, because I'm a do-it-all, jack-of-all-trades doctor, my workload was high. I earned a lot of RVUs and I consequently was paid a fair amount of money for those work RVUs in our comp model. They wanted to, bottom line, put a cap on the comp model um, ceiling and say, well, surely a doctor couldn't be doing that much work and make that much money. And um, it really uh, forced me and some of my partners to kind of reevaluate where we were. In the process then, uh, we all kind of looked at what our options were. And I met with some consultants in healthcare to say, hey, what are the options for me here? Is it just to say, yes, I'll take the contract and pay cut and say, thank you very much, or do I have any of the options? Um, I was pretty naive about things at that time, having been like a lot of other doctors, just signed up as an employee and didn't really really know there was a lot of other options. And they are the ones that began to expose me to the idea of having my own professional micro corporation that could contract with the hospital to do the same work, but yet would allow me to get around that employee ceiling that they were placing because no longer would I be an employee of the hospital, but I would be a contractor in the same role. Um, and in fact, that's what we did. And they helped me to discover that option. And in the same process, I bought a, a medical office building, moved my practice there, began, be, so I became a commercial real estate owner, um, and, uh, and really began that whole transition into what's called an employment light model, which is like being an employee, but really you're a contractor behind the scenes doing the same work. Um, and so that was my journey and, and what, and that began that whole inspiration of like, you know, there's a whole lot more to this than just happily working for a corporation as a W2 employee. There's a lot more behind that, but that was my journey and, and experience. I'm curious, did, uh, all the other partners that you had join you in this journey or did a lot? No, of they did not. So, you know, we, there were eight of us in this practice. Um, it was a large practice for a rural area and we we're very successful. I mean, we really managed a lot, managed the whole hospital basically, including the ICU, everything. Um, some of them, uh, we went really just different directions, just chose different paths. I actually have a blog post um, in uh, my website about that kind of the tale of eight doctors and in, that, in a book that I recently wrote, I also unpacked that, but really everybody sort of went different directions. Uh, only two of us stayed in the community um, and uh, and the rest kind of went and found different types of work from academic medicine to working in urgent care to um, going off the grid and working like a direct primary care practice. Some went into industrial medicine, going to work for industrial corporations in a nine to five job, taking care of their patients. I mean, their employees in their own little micro clinic, so to speak. So really all diverse ways that all the doctors went in different directions, but I chose to stay, work it out, stay in the same location. And in that whole process, when you go from eight doctors to two, by the way, I ended up with 5,000 patients in my patient panel. 
that's a lot of patience to manage. It's a lot of work. Um, and so um, I, I consequently have been quite busy my entire career managing all that. And um, but that's just kind of the direction everybody went. And so I like the stripe that I ended up in. I feel like I've learned a lot. In fact, I learned so much that that's part of the message I want to share with other doctors is that you know, this is an option and sort of a hidden space that a lot of doctors don't know about. So let me ask you, you obviously had some level of certainty because you knew you had some RVUs that were pretty high. So you knew you'd make some money, but there was probably yes. a lot of uncertainty going out, you know, buying your own building, starting your own practice. Yeah. Oh, tell yes. Us there about, was <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that fear. Tell us how you overcame it and uh, yeah, how you got through those times. Well, the first step for me was, um, and this is what I still do with Simply MD. We did, I did what's called an as-is versus as-if analysis. So, what does my income look like? What do my taxes look like? How does the cash flow in my home look like as I currently was as a W-2 employee? Now, take that information and apply it to me forming a microcorporation, becoming self-employed as a contractor, and doing the real dot-to-dot -dot analysis to compare what would be the benefits or not, just financially. And it's amazing when you do that. The bottom line is it was a $70,000 positive uh, for me in terms of forming a micro corporation. So my net value and worth into my household grew by $70,000 a year just by making the transition, pure and simple, paid less taxes, retained more income. That's all because of the smartness of small business powers and all the sort of things that go into that. And at the time I didn't, again, business people were coaching me, they were telling me and they were pointing it out, but it was new to me. So I, I definitely had that sort of feeling like, I think this is right. I hope this is right. And it wasn't until really, to be honest, about 18 months into the journey when I did my first taxes, my filed my first taxes as that in that state of mind that I'm like, oh, yeah, this was a great move. I'm keeping more of my money. I'm paying half of the taxes that I was paying. And I'm doing the same job in the same place with all the same patients. It was literally apples to apples, but the net financial gain for me was so powerful. And in addition to that, it wasn't just a financial gain. It was a mindset mentality of now I was really the captain of my own ship. I now had professional autonomy and could develop both active income sources and passive income sources that would all fuel the common goal that I had for financial independence, which is not uncommon for doctors to have that. So that that corporation, micro corporation became the foundation for that. But there was some fear and trepidation in the process. I did take out a large loan to remodel the building. Um, and uh, but it's worked great. So now I uh, by the way, the name of that little business that I started to buy the I set a separate LLC for that was called Milton, M-I-L-T-E-N. And that's because my wife and I wanted it to be um a, a commercial property worth a million dollars in 10 years. So we're going to pay it down in 10 years. And that's why we called it Mill 10. And in fact, that's exactly where I am in space right now. I have a million dollar business 
then just in that commercial property alone, that uh, nets me about $100,000 of income just from leasing it. Um, and so that's the whole real estate passive journey that you guys do. Um, but that was one of my better moves when it came to real estate. Not all my moves were great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can we break the, Can you break down for us the $70,000 that you got back? What, what were kind of the major drivers of that? How is it that when you form a micro corporation going from a W-2, you're able to get such a difference in taxes? Yeah, so the the one of the foundational thoughts are here when you're self-employed, you're still going to get a W-2. So my business is paying me for the work, okay? Um, and so I get a W-2 from my own corporation. But the trick here is you can lower that um, amount that you're getting paid to less than you were getting from the hospital. Um, and therefore, you're going to pay a lot less taxes on it. But as a small business, you don't just, this took me a long time to figure out, especially the at the beginning, but you, when you earn money as a business, you earn it through your salary, you earn it through your distributions, you earn it through your tax savings, and you earn it somewhat through your benefits or retirement savings, okay? All of those things add up to net financial gain in the household. And it doesn't just come to you as a paycheck every two weeks. It kind of flows to you in a different way. So the trick here is to recognize that you're going to pay yourself a little bit less money, i.e. pay less taxes, but you're going to be receiving some income as well into your household through other tax advantage processes, including business distributions and tax advantage plans that allow you to have just as much money at the tail end but you get it in a much more tax advantaged way. So there's this kind of four channels I coach physicians to be aware of when it comes to how money gets to you. Um, and uh, again, having not had a lot of business education, I didn't know that at the beginning, but as I continue to grow, now I have nine businesses, I understand how all of that works and can maximize it. Okay, I have about a million questions, but my yeah. first one is <laughs> any of that passive income, like you could go out, buy real estate and shelter the, pa you know, use the passive losses yeah. for the passive. Yeah, income. yeah, yes. Yeah. So of my nine businesses, um, some of them are set up as passive as income. Some of them are set up as active income. And the mixture of the two uh, follows the legal and accounting advice of my team that I've assembled that continues to provide me counsel and coach me in terms of how to best structure those things. Because as you know, tax laws change every year and businesses change every year. Even your personal goals change every year. And so you, I'm, all, I'm a big fan of having a team of professionals who support you to do any kind of entrepreneurial work that you're gonna do. I know there's a subset of, of doctors out there who kind of want to do their own things or the do-it-yourselfers. I think that's really the 10 percentile. The 90 percent really benefit from probably having a team or a coach. That's one of the things I do at Simply MD. We actually have those people assembled in one room who work together on your behalf as sort of an agency under one roof to do the work for you. That's part of my learning process that I figured out, and it really makes a big difference. So passive and active income. Literally, I met for some tax planning with my accounting and, and legal team this morning, and you know we we're talking about different types of depreciation and some of the different assets and all the all the sort of tax planning that you do, and all of those are active passive income levers associated with tax planning that you stack up at different times. 
And so it it's a little complicated in my example of nine businesses and yours probably you might even have more businesses than that in total. Um, it is a little complicated, but you really can take advantage of it when you wisely put them together into what I call an enterprise. Each doctor can benefit from having an enterprise. So can you talk to us about what doctors are able to do this? Because I think about, you know, the times that we work for hospitals as hospitalists and to my knowledge, there was no option for us to be 1099. Like they they wanted us to be W2. So can doctors have this option? Yeah, so that's a great question. Now, first of all, I want to tell you this. If you've ever been to Dairy Queen before, um, you know that there's a menu, right? When you look up at the board, hey, these are what things you can buy. But you probably maybe didn't know there's a hidden menu, okay? And on the hidden menu, you can order the things that aren't listed up there. My wife put me onto this when she ordered a peanut butter parfait that was made with peanut sauce, not chocolate sauce. And I looked at her and I said, well, you can do that? And she said, well, yeah, I ordered it. They made it. And it's like, this is fantastic. So that's how I always get peanut butter parfaits now. But that's called the hidden menu. When it comes to con- when it comes to contracts for physicians dealing with employers, they have their published menu and then they have their hidden menu. Okay. And employment light contracts are in their hidden menu. They pull those hidden menus out for the doctors who are in private practice that they're trying to woo into their um, uh, um, safe harbor to begin working for them. And so it's like a bridge they use in that employment contract to get them in. But they, they'll make that available to that group of people. But for you as just sort of a regular worker who comes to them, they're going to simply just say, oh, we have this traditional contract for you and that's it. You know, you have to be the one that says, well... It, can't I look at an employment light or a contractor menu? And they may or may not say yes, but many times if they need you or want you, they can. So um, it's a common question that I get. So what is the profile of an employer who's willing to do that? It is often a smaller corporations who have a little more latitude and freedom to be creative in terms of how they bring um, and onboard doctors. Um, It often is based upon need. So if they have a need for your specialty, they're going to be very willing to have conversations with you about any creative options that allow them to get you, but at in a way that you want to be gotten. Okay. Um, and And then the third is really just depends on the geography of where you're at, right? So highly dense urban locations, a little less latitude, more rural locations, a little more latitude in terms of the creativity they need to recruit and retrain doctors. So that's a bit of a profile, but every single corporation that every doctor could imagine being employed for have on their books PSAs. They are called professional service agreements. That's traditionally the domain of locum tenens, right? So everybody, every hospital has some version of that, okay? That is a little more expensive version of medical care, and hospitals like to avoid that. But when you do an employment-like contract like I do, that falls into the category of a professional services agreement. It's a little locums-like, but the reality is it doesn't cost those hospitals less money. I mean, more money, it costs them 
less money uh, because they're not paying your payroll tax. There's a bunch of business reasons for it. But at the end of the day, you're a less expensive employee than the traditional employee. You're a less expensive employee than the locums um, is. And so, but why do they not want to do these things? Control. Is there a physician alive who's ever been employed by a hospital who doesn't know about control? and doesn't know what it feels like to be controlled by an employer, okay? If you've ever been in those shoes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it can be painful because you're forced to conform to whatever they ask you to conform to. Now, sometimes it's not painful. It's a win-win relationship. And I'm not saying employment is a bad thing for any doctors. Gosh, 70% of doctors are employed, 90% of new residents are choosing employment. It makes a lot of sense. But there's a sinister backside to it that's a little more difficult. And I think there's a better way of doing it for doctors like Employment Light and other such things. But it all begins with this idea of forming your own micro corporation. How is that different? That makes sense. Yeah. How is that different from being a 1099? Yeah, well, it is a tenant. By definition, when you form a micro corporation and you contract with a, um, a corporation to be an employment light, a professional services agreement, you are becoming a 1099 employee. That means that you're receiving your income as a non-employee. So there's W-2, 1099 worlds. So now all of a sudden your income's coming to you as 1099. The government says to you, well, how do you want to receive this? You could receive 1099 income as an individual. You could receive it as a single member LLC, which is taxed like an individual. You can receive it as a sole proprietor. You can receive it as a corporation. And so the government lets you decide what entity you want to manage that income that comes to you, as opposed to in a W-2 setting, the, corp the corporation that employs you is responsible to manage it. That's why your taxes come out in your paycheck. They are they're responsible. And that's why you get a W-2 form at the end of the year. The corporation is saying, well, this is what we paid in for you. But when you're 1099, now you're responsible for those taxes. And that's why it's a corporation and all the blah, blah, blah that goes with that. So what I'm talking about is 1099 income. You're exactly right versus W-2. This week's podcast is sponsored by our course, Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals. Zero to Freedom Through Cashflowing Rentals is a 10-week online course focused on helping physicians and high-income earners go from knowing little to nothing about real estate investing to confidently buying the cashflowing rentals that will allow them to achieve financial freedom and work in medicine or their day jobs on their own terms. Our course is only open to registration twice a year, so be sure to get on the waitlist at semiretiredmd.com and check out the course details on our course landing page. This episode is brought to you by Dan Peck of Movement Mortgage. If you're an experienced investor, you'll know just how important it is to have a lender who knows how to work with investors. We've been working with Dan and his team for over eight years now, and he's our go-to whenever we need a residential loan for our investment properties. Now, if you're new to investing, you might not know this, but your lender can sometimes be the difference between getting a great deal or completely missing out on it because your lender couldn't close the deal. Now, I did want to point out that Dan can help you not only with your investment properties, but also if you're looking to buy a primary residence or vacation home. So the next time you're looking for a residential lender, be sure to email Dan at srmd@movement.com to get a free consultation and also let him know that you're part of the Semi-Retired MD community to get an exclusive discount on your next loan. Now back to the episode. Now one of the benefits of that 1099 income is there's no cap on 
sheltering income when you have real estate professional status or the short-term rental tax loophole. That's exactly right. W-2, you are going to get capped at something like 525000 So uh, it's one of the benefits yes. of switching to 1099. And also, Absolutely. if you move to Puerto Rico and be, you know, yes. Uh, yes. telemedicine, right, and have 1099, I mean, yeah. the taxes are just incredibly low if mm-hmm. you're going to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great tax play on your part. Takes courage to do it, right? Because you had to move and uproot and do a lot of things to sort of make that change. But again, you're not avoiding taxes. You're just being smart about taxes, right? I mean, that's that's really how all of us should do it. I just met with a physician um, last week who is who we're I'm in the process of converting to an employment-like contract from his current um, agreement as an employee. I'm not kidding. His, he he's going to pay a one half of the taxes in this model than he would have paid. He he was paying basically $150,000 in taxes, and now he's going to pay $75,000 in taxes, and he's going to triple his retirement benefit okay because that's where all that tax money sent in a corporation you sort of funnel it in a tax advantaged way into the retirement fund and it's just astounding right i mean that's that's a lot of money that you're leaving on the table or giving to the government as a tax play within your professional work that you're doing. You guys are doing a great job yourself of helping doctors see that in the passive income side in terms of real estate are moving to Puerto Rico, right? Those are all great tax moves. But the most fundamental thing that physicians miss in today's world is they have built into them the power to make this own decision themselves and not have 10 businesses. Just choose one business, incorporate yourself. And if you incorporate yourself, all of a sudden you've unlocked this channel of tax strategies that are available to small businesses. And that's just you individually. That's not running a private practice. And this is the mistake that doctors think. They think if I form a corporation, I'm going into private practice. No, a professional microcorporation is like an invisible shield, like a, a glove that covers you. And wherever you go individually, that's where your corporation is. And when you shake hands with somebody who says, yes, I'll do some work for you, you get to decide, am I going to do that as an individual or I'm going to do that as my corporation? It's your choice. You have the power to decide which way it goes. And this is what really irritates me about those corporations who are hiring all us as doctors. They want us to think they're in control. They get to determine, are you a W-2 worker or are you a 1099 worker? It's not fair. It's really not right. They don't should not have the power to decide that for us. We should have the power to decide that for ourselves. But too many doctors don't know they have the power and they passively just listen to what the employer says and says, well, you're going to do the right thing for me. And by the way, I make a high income and I earn a good living. It's all good, isn't it? I mean, we can all work this out and I don't have to run a business, right? This is everybody's dream is fantastic. It is for a little bit until you start feeling the pressures of control and until you start doing your taxes every year and go, wow, I'm paying a lot in taxes. So tell us about insurance, because I know that's going to be a lot of people's concern is is covering their tail insurance, covering all the other insurance that they're Mm -hmm. responsible for and potentially losing um, the potential power that comes with group purchasing that the hospital is able to do to lower insurance rates. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, first of all, malpractice insurance, you're right, you will be paying for your own malpractice insurance and acquiring it on your own. This is not new. 
private practice doctors have done this forever, and the business is set up to support you in uh, malpractice insurance. They do this every day. They deal with physicians. And again, it's this mindset of like, oh, you mean I have to do that myself? Well, of course you can. It's not complicated. You get a quote from three companies, just like you would. And for, if you got your car, you, you might get a quote from three companies and decide which insurance you're going to go with. The same thing with malpractice. And you get them from legitimate companies, you're going to pay. Malpractice is expensive. But it, by the way, when you're in this model, that malpractice insurance is now a business expense. Mm-hmm. It's a deductible business expense that when you were an employee, it was your corporation's deductible business expense that was paying you. It's not your bit. You weren't deducting it from your taxes. They were getting to deduct that from their, their own taxes. Okay. So the, the amount's equal. Whether you get it through your employer, as a W-2, or whether you get it through a PC or your own corporation, the cost is virtually the same. And again, I think that's a myth that, you know, somehow the, the large corporation is going to work out some deal to make your malpractice insurance cheaper. Really, honestly, no, they don't. It's the same off-the-shelf cost as you're going to pay anywhere. So, you, but you do have to do this. You do have to manage it. I do pay my own malpractice insurance through a corporation in Indiana, and it's all fine. It's really pretty simple to do. I pay my premium once a year. Um, now, health insurance, same thing. You're now going to, if you go into this contractor model, you're going to be managing your own benefits. That includes health insurance, among all the other group of benefits that you might have. Um, And health insurance, again, relatively easy to grab. Um, And for me, I do it through my medical association. So I'm a member of the Indiana State Medical Association. Um, They offer a group plan and I buy it from them through the Indiana State Medical Association. And you know, health insurance is expensive. Um, there's no question about it, but you're paying for it either way. And I go all the way, and I'm going to probably give away a little bit of hole I am, but I go all the way back to when I was initially an employee with the hospital, they paid for all my health benefits. And when I use that hospital, I paid nothing. In fact, the lab didn't cost me anything. The x-ray didn't cost me anything. Nothing cost me anything if I use my hospital, right? If surgery was done, there was all written off. I mean, you name it, everything was done. Deliver, we delivered our babies there, nothing. Well, times have changed, right? Now every employee has to share the cost of those things, whether you're a doctor or not, and more and more of it's coming out of your pocket. And so you're going to be paying it out of your pocket anyway, whether it be as an employee or whether it be as a corporation. I happen to think doctors end out end up far ahead when they can individualize their benefit plans, though, okay? Because a lot of your benefit packages for doctors just have are filled with stuff that you don't use, you don't need, but you're kind of paying for it. And when you can individualize it through your own micro corporation, then all of a sudden you're only getting what you need. And it's deductible as a business expense through your corporation. So it's highly personalized, highly individualized. It's not vanilla like every employee associate of the large hospital. It's everything you need and that's it. Okay. So, but those expenses are built into it and you can easily access them. What about retirement? Uh, Because I would imagine this would be also a sticking point uh, for a lot of people who are thinking about. Yeah. Well, again, again, yeah. So. Uh, first of all, solo 401ks, um, easy peasy. You can you can go to Fidelity, you can go to Vanguard, you can open up a, C, a 401 um, solo 401k program, and 
and fill it through your company matching and your own individual matching. Again, there's some uh, tax advantages to all of that that you'd work out with the support team with you in terms of how much and so forth. But the, the cap that you have for that is better than you would have because of ERISA laws through a large corporation. Okay, so you end up being further ahead. What I've done is added in, later in a cash balance plan to that, which is kind of like the old, you would think of in a simple way, a pension plan through your own corporation. And those ceilings, you can put away a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in a tax advantaged way into your own retirement plan through like a cash balance 401k combo and really remarkably come out ahead, lower your taxes and accelerate your really net worth through those retirement savings. So way better. You, it, it, Most doctors don't know this. If they if they're an employee, a W-2 employee of a large hospital, and they've been like, man, I've maximized my, my retirement count every year. It's all maxed out. When they get to that retirement age, I will guarantee you that most of them cannot sustain the lifestyle that they're currently at at that retirement saving alone. They need some other plan that's going to augment that. However, when your own micro corporation, you can develop a retirement plan that actually will fully fuel that lifestyle that you want when you retire. So big difference of those two. And I see a micro corporation is really opening that door wide open for you to do much better. I want to take us back to when you first made the change uh, and you said you bought a medical office building. Can you talk to us about that? Is that uh, one of the things that you would recommend that somebody do if they're switching from a W-2 to a 1099? I think I think that was situational for me. So medical office building purchase and then using it for your clinic is very individualized it can work um, and it can be unique. And I think doctors do come out ahead if you're using a space that you rent to yourself. I mean, that's only smart, whether that be even in that traditional private practice model, that's what people have done for a number of years. I added that layer in because I knew I, I could benefit from it. And I also knew at the moment of time that I was at, and I call this moment in time um, negotiations, my hospital in a small rural community needed me. And I had the upper hand and my business coaches told me that I didn't really know that until they told me that. And then I'm like, oh, you know, you're right. I do have the upper hand because I had a non-compete contract. I could have easily um, and I know those are going away nationally now for a lot of places, but I could have easily just said, you know, I'm not going to work for you. I'm going to go to the next company and they can have all my patients and me. So I kind of had them in a position of vulnerability. And I basically just kind of said, this is how it's going to go. I'm going to buy a building. And you're going to rent it from me. If you don't want to do that, I'll find somebody else that will. And that's what I did. But that um, is something that was, again, situationally driven. I think commercial real estate um, for a medical practice, again, makes sense in an individualized basis. The core principle of a professional micro corporation, though, is not based on real estate in terms of just that micro corporation. It's really more of a virtual concept. So how you layer in passive income sources through real estate um, kind of can be individualized. In my case, a medical office building made sense, including then additionally STRs um, as well as um, just real estate development. I have a property that we, we developed into real estate development and just flipping houses and other sort of um, passive income sources that I layered in. But I did make that medical office building one of the foundations. 
So tell us about your real estate and, and why you decided to layer this in on top of all you're already doing with your own businesses and owning so many businesses. Yeah, the um, that's a good question. I think the when the light bulb went off, and I and again I I see that happen with doctors that I coach with with Simply MD. All of a sudden, when they kind of that light bulb moment of you know you're right, I am a business, and you're right, there are tax advantages to being a small business, and you're right, I have a lot of other things that I'm interested in that that really could make some sense. And so passive income through real estate was one of the things I could kind of observe from afar was like, that's smart. I had a really great friend from high school who really leveraged that himself. And I watched him and I'm like, he's smart. He's figuring this out. So I tried to emulate that and knew that it was a space that I needed to get into. If only you guys were around teaching and coaching me at that time, it would have turned out a whole lot better because I made some good choices. I made some not so good choices when it came to those things. Some turned out well, some didn't turn out well. But overall, the the wise thing is, is just layering in passive income sources to your active income sources and, and then building that right to try and reach whatever your own personal goal is. So in your real estate journey and your entrepreneurial journey, any kind of takeaway points of challenges you face that you maybe would do differently or or for somebody considering becoming an entrepreneur, what they should know before they yeah. jump? Um, I would say, number one, um, stay away from angel, angel investments. Um, I've had <laughs> some a few of those. And uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm a do-gooder by nature. That's what a lot of doctors are like, right? And um, I just got involved in some things that were really, maybe morally really good ideas, but they in the end lacked the legs to really follow through with what the intentions were, and cost me a little bit of money and so on. But you know that's just that happens, right? So, the, but that's one recommendation I would have is stay away from angel investments because they usually don't turn out well. Um, I would also say, keep your eye on the net worth meter. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really an important uh, focus to have in terms of how all of this additively works to eventually benefit your household at the end. Again, more than 10 years ago, when I began that process, I had no idea what my net worth was. I just knew I made a good living as a doctor and I must be saving money through the hospital. Um, but then when I began to count it and organize it and began to then realize, okay, I need to know where I want to go with this. That's when I began keeping track of it. And so all of those passive income sources, um, such as real estate, helps you to know the direction it's going to go. You don't want to just shotgun it, you know, like, well, I should be getting into real estate. So let me just go buy five places and I know something will work out and it'll be good. Well, no you know, what, how much money are you trying to reach and what are you trying to do and what are each one of those real estate assets going to do to help you get there faster or slower or what have you, okay? And so uh, that's just another, that keeping that big picture in mind when it comes to that. And then the third element is just time management. I think a lot of doctors, um, that's one of their most valuable commodities, right? And so it's one of the biggest obstacles that I'm sure you have with coaching uh, people to get into real estate as, quote, a passive investment. It's always like, wait a second, it's passive, but it requires a little bit of my time to do it. 
for instance, I spent the morning working on a, um, a real estate problem with one of my holdings this morning before our, our podcast, and it does take some time. And so don't go into a blind thinking that is, quote, a passive investment because it is going to take some of your time and then you have to decide what you're going to do and then what you're going to outsource. I'm a big fan of outsourcing and building teams to help you work smarter, not harder. And and so um, doctors can do that. Um, and I think they should. Before we close with our last two questions, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about Doctor Incorporated and Simply MD? Yeah, Doctor Incorporated is my blog um, that produces content for doctors to hopefully inspire them and inform them about their business powers. Um, and I think doctors are um, absent of business education and their um, training process for the most part. Um, they don't see a lot of examples of what it looks like to be a micro corporation. And so um, my whole goal with Doctor Incorporated is to simply communicate the message and shout it from the mountaintops. This is possible and you can do this. Um, and that's kind of what I do with that. Um, simply MD, again, is the agency that really helps doctors do it. So there's one thing in your mind to kind of get the inspiration, you know, I should do this. And then the next step is sort of, well, I'd like to do it, but how do I do it if I don't have much business education? And that's where I come alongside folks, coach them, get to know them, support them in the role. We have a legal and accounting team that helps execute the whole process and can even be totally outsource it to our team to do the work for them. Um, that's why it's called Simply MD. Like we want to make it easy for doctors to form their own corporation and operate them as a single member corporation. The only person you manage in that corporation is yourself. Okay. Um, and that's it. So you don't, you're not managing other employees or other people unless you do decide to hire a spouse to say maybe a bookkeeper or have a role in the corporation. That's pretty simple as well. There's some tax advantages of that, by the way. I do recommend it, but that's a whole different topic, a whole different story. So the two companies kind of complement one another. I'm savvy to doctors feeling like they're getting a sales job though sometimes, and I'm aware of that. And so I really created two companies so that they would be connected, but yet be separate because my passion is the message of Doctor Incorporated. Um, I'm thankful that I'm in a position in life where I'm financially stable and secure, and I, I don't really need to make a lot more money. I'm thankful for that. And so the message is what I love. I want to let doctors know this so they can thrive and live their best life and do everything they want. I have a son who's in medical school right now, not in medical school, he's in training to be a family doctor now. And I want the best for him. I want him to thrive as a doctor. And, uh, and so some of that information that I communicate either through the book that I recently came out with is called Doctor Incorporated. Um, yeah, Stop the Insanity of, of Traditional Employment and Preserve Your Professional Autonomy. It's found on Amazon. Um, you know, that was inspired by what do I want my son to know about how to be the best doctor he can be. But really, all the content I produce is for our tribe, not just my son, but for our tribe to just thrive and, and, and live life and not be so burned out and not be so burdened and just, you know, not enjoy what we do. Doctors are the we're the greatest people in the world. We're altruistic. We love our communities. We love our people. We, we want to make a difference. And I just love the idea of empowering doctors everywhere to be doctors, right? To make a difference. And so that's what Doctor Incorporated is about. And simply it's just the, the other side of like, okay, how can I help you make it happen? Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, we share a lot of the same passion. So love that. Yes. Yeah. So two questions we ask all of our guests. Uh, the first one is, what is your definition of wealthy? So my definition of wealthy is financial independence. It's not having to work, it's getting to work. And so when you get to define when and where and how you do your work, um, whether it be professional or personal, that's wealthy. Awesome. What is one mindset, habit, or strategy that separates someone who is wealthy versus someone who is not? They form a business. <laughs> the difference between the the difference between the wealthy and the non-wealthy, mm-hmm. almost always beyond generational wealth, is they have a business as their foundation for that wealth. It's not as an individual, it's as a business. And this is the point that most doctors miss that they have within their power to incorporate. And then they can unlock the power of that potential. Yep. It's not trading time for money, but actually owning the business and then unlocking all benefits and all the pieces that come with business ownership, which is, which the tax code wants you to do in the U S. It sure does. They, They invite it, they encourage it and, and want it. And the individuals, as you know, we've got individuals have a shrinking menu of what we can do, especially high income earners, but businesses still have a power to um, navigate the tax code, but also to navigate the autonomy piece. Never miss the importance of autonomy, of being the CEO of your own company and getting to make your own decisions, right? You love that part of your life, I'm sure, just as much as I love that part of my life. And so what you're helping um, doctors do is amazing and it's incredible. But I will say on the flip side, if doctors are doing their work with you, and they don't have their own micro corporation yet for their own professional work, they've kind of missed one of the foundational elements that really can make the whole thing accelerate. Okay, so that's that's another message for your audience. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Todd. It was really a pleasure yeah. to have you here. And hopefully people are more motivated to become entrepreneurs as doctors and just have themselves and their own employees. I think it's an amazing idea. Yeah. Thank you for letting me be on your show and to share this message that I'm really passionate about. Hey, Doctors Building Wealth community. Our book, Life on Your Terms, is available for purchase for 99 cents for this week only. If you haven't heard about Life on Your Terms, it's a fable with two doctor couples, one who goes the traditional route with investing and one who decides to invest in real estate and what happens over five years. Kenji and I are so excited to share this book with you. So make sure you go to semiretiredmd.com forward slash book and purchase this book for 99 cents this week only. That address again is semiretiredmd.com forward slash book. The Doctors Building Wealth podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, tax, medical, or psychological services or advice. You are responsible for your own financial, physical, mental, and emotional well-being, decisions, choices, actions, and results. You should contact a professional if you have any specific questions about your unique situation.